Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 53 of the Hardly Millennial podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Oh, shit, what's my line? You, uh, Matthew, oh, oh, opinions! Opinions, guys. That's <laughs> right. Whoo, that was close. Almost, almost missed that one. <laughs> so uh, your two uh, staple hosts are back today, Adam and Matthew. How's it going, guys? It's, uh, it's good to be back. Although, it's, it's uh, important to note that our podcast yesterday did extremely well with you and Justin. So like, it's extremely. Not that, it's not that the podcast got like a thousand views okay it's not our highest viewed piece of content yet no but what it was was the quickest viewed yes piece of content we have ever put out on this channel yet yes um so to put it into into reference here for you guys a typical video these days a typical one hour podcast will get to about 30 or 40 views um within seven to ten days Mm -hmm. within a little over a week and it usually tapers out under 50. Yeah. Okay. We we pretty rarely get 50 views on the videos nowadays because yeah. people are kind of far behind. We put out a lot of content, yeah. blah, blah, blah. If we do, it doesn't happen for like a two, three weeks. You right. Know? It takes a little while. Yeah. So this video yesterday got to 47 views in an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was insane. We just kept refreshing the screen and there was more more numbers. And then overnight, it bumped up another 10 views. Now it's right up there with our second update video. You know, we're really curious, guys. We love it. It's Uh fantastic. But we really, we like to try to figure out and pinpoint why these things happen. Mm -hmm. So if by chance, this isn't even me trying to get you to comment to make the video better. I'm truly interested this time. If you are a person who's here today Mm -hmm. and you watched the video last night, why? Like what <laughs> that came out a little weird. But what was it that got you to click it so quick last night? Um, yeah. Me and Adam are genuinely curious what we did. Well, because the, the <laughs> well, because the only thing we can think of is just the fact that the word sex was in the title and sex sells, and we baby. know sex sells. But the funny thing is, is sex was in the title. But when you put up YouTube videos, guys, you can put in tags. And the tags will yes. kind of depend, uh, will dictate like, ooh, sorry about that, ooh, guys. Adam's popular, sorry. The uh, <laughs> the tags will dictate like what other videos that particular video will be advertised on. So it, when you see suggested videos, yeah, exactly. Video. But the funny thing is, sex was in the title, but I didn't even tag sex. No. So I I am genuinely curious. Maybe maybe you and Justin together are just super popular, and people are like, oh my god, Justin and Matthew, I well, can't miss. This one. See, it's ironic <laughs> that you say that because I was looking at the numbers, uh-huh. and me and Justin have done one other podcast together. That's right. And it is to date our worst um, received piece of media that we have put out as a <laughs> How company. Funny. Yeah, it has the lowest views. It's been out for the most amount of time. It actually, it was the biggest tank that we've had on oh, the wow. channel. Was the first me and Justin video, but the second one. The second one exploded gets just hit or miss with you too (laughs) it's a great conversation guys um there really is a little bit about sex in there if you Mm -hmm. want to check it out um (laughs) but it's not completely about that no it's mostly about hobbies so uh in in other hardly millennial news as well uh matthew and i have put up our introduction vlog videos the prologue to the vlogs (laughs) prologue to the vlog (laughs) say that five times fast (laughs) prologue to the vlog prologue to i can't oh he tried 
<laughs> but yeah, so we put those up yesterday. Um, those those are doing well, just as far as just like videos do. They're doing probably just as well as like our podcasts do typically when we put them up. I would say. Yeah, you know, videos are usually um, at least twice as well received as audio. Yeah, so we'll see how those do. So you guys can go into the channel and check those out. They're shorter videos, and um, if you guys watch the second update, uh, you'll know how long or how often we plan on putting out the vlog videos. Um, if you're not sure, you should go back and watch the second update and find out. Yeah. <laughs> so just a heads up, guys. If you are really into the podcast, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But the channel is – the future of the channel is going to grow in a lot of other ways yes. than just this podcast. So if you don't keep up with at least the updates, mm -hmm. some things in the future might start to be a little bit confusing yes. to you. I would suggest if nothing else – pop the update on when it comes out. And at least that will catch you up with what we're going to be talking about in a lot of the podcasts. Yes. And also on those same lines also, one thing we had mentioned in the very first update that we did was that... Oh, oh my God, that was horrible. Uh, you okay? I just got a mouthful of cold coffee, bro. I'm sorry. Oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> Continue. You were, but, you were on a roll. Anyways, but like during the first update, we had mentioned that... You know, we Matthew and I, we, we do have a lot of ideas and a lot of things we want to bring and try to this YouTube channel. But for the most part, we're going into this pretty blind, you know, where we really are just kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what yes. sticks. We, we so, invent all of this as we go. Exactly. <laughs> so every so every month or so when you guys get an update, what you're not only getting as far as what you're going to get in the future, you're going to find out things that we learned from what we did the past month month that either didn't work things we want to change right and if we decide to change something that maybe you guys really enjoyed watching or uh listening to well that's when we need more interaction and delete yes. comments so that we know oh okay those well, we'll videos bring those back. that that is your forum to let us know we're doing good or we're fucking up mm -hmm, exactly you know? So, but anyways, uh, we, we are definitely growing. We're, we're past the 50 day mark. I'm excited to see what the next 50 days bring for us. We're and past the 75 subscriber mark, man. That's right. We're rounding the corner on hundred. Mm -hmm. 24 more away guys. So this whole podcast to, is just a commercial. By yeah. The way. You know, just a commercial for, we're kidding. It's not the own channel that you're listening to, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So just, uh, just wanted to start off with talking about that a little bit. Thank you guys so much. Remember like comment, subscribe and share. One last little thing I would like to just say about the channel here mm -hmm. is one specific instance has happened a okay. few times now that I am particularly oh. proud of, Adam. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so if you guys follow my Facebook page, you will have already seen a post about this. But there have now been about four to six human beings, mm -hmm. not 46, four to six human <laughs> beings who have discovered our channel by typing in one very special name to me. <laughs> do you know what that name is, Adam? I sure do. Good old Leo DiCaprio. <gasps> it's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> there were like six people who typed in Leo's name and found Harley Millennials. And it. I'm so prideful. I love it. 
I think that's really cool. And uh, I I hope that one day Leo himself <gasps> clicks on our podcast and shares it on no. his Twitter and tells the world about the Harley Millennial bl- bland, brand. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I could handle meeting Leo DiCaprio. No, you get too starstruck? I think I might actually faint or cry or something. What are some actors out there aside from Leo that you would truly get starstruck from meeting? Is Leo the only one? Well, there's one, but he's very obscure. He's not really known by it. He's not an actor. It would be one of the game grounds. Oh, that's right. So that's there's right. a YouTube channel. And you know, I'll shout them out. I love these guys. They're yeah, a huge I love inspiration them too. for us. You guys are great. There's a gaming YouTube channel called Game Grumps, uh, hosted by a man named Aaron and another man named Danny. Mm-hmm. And Danny is a huge, huge inspiration to me. Um, I love his character. I love what he's created. I love the company he helped build. Um, I try to model a good amount of the character I am off of him. So, yeah, he in particular, not so much Aaron. I do like Aaron, but he's not my favorite, Yeah, which is ironic because he's your favorite. (laughs) But Danny, I think that I would be super starstruck. Yeah. That would be like an actual like role model, like meeting one. And I'd be so afraid to actually meet him because if, if he he's having a bad day hype. yeah oh that would fuck things up for me I it'd know. be rough but he also talks about that a lot where he's met like he loves rush mm-hmm. and he met um i think the drummer from rush okay. is still alive and uh it, it just was an off day you know mm, what i mean so yeah and there's other instances too of people that both of them have met where they were just having a, a, a weird day and the interaction wasn't what they expected, and now it's changed their view of that person. I I always wonder that about actors and different celebrities because there are celebrities out there. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe I know is one of them. Who uh, for those who don't know, he's the one who played Harry Potter and he's done other oh, things. I now. didn't know. Thank you. But oh well, you're welcome. <laughs> but but he is a celebrity, an actor who who is very who's very infamous for being very happy and kind, you know, with his fans that come up to him, you know, okay. and he talks about how he does go out of his way to make sure he maintains that kind of I mean, it's kind of your level. responsibility, dude. Well, and that people look up to you like that. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was getting at too because there are other actors out there who are infamous for the opposite of being mm-hmm. dicks when you meet them. Um, I think Will Ferrell, I don't know if he's still at like the top place, but for a while I know that he was like one of the actors where people were saying that he was like one of the most, like the biggest dicks when they Will would meet Ferrell? him. Yeah. Really? That's a shame because a lot of people really love him and expect yes. him to make you laugh when you meet him. Well, and I always have to wonder because like I feel like Will Ferrell, for example, is somebody who at one point, you know, probably was very bubbly and happy all the time I'm when sure. people would come up and approach him. But he's been such an A-list celebrity for so long now. And not only that, but he's super recognizable, you know? I I feel like Daniel Radcliffe, you could walk by a restaurant and not even notice that he's sitting right Right. outside. But Will Ferrell, you notice that's Will Ferrell. Even if you don't know his name, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's Ron Burgundy. Yeah, like you would know one of his characters' names. Exactly, you know what I mean. Like- so I, so as far as him going down as being like a dick or not nice when meeting fans, I, I always have like, can you blame the guy if he's constantly being approached every single day, multiple with times. these expectations of make this a good experience for yes, me, or and it's take your a fault. picture with me and do this? Like, can you really blame somebody for just wanting to almost have the 
the uh what's the word I'm looking for the reputation of being a dick so that people will stop approaching you you know i see it I understand it. Uh-huh. I don't agree with it, though. I, I'm, I I'm the same way. You make a very, very conscious choice to be in the field of entertainment yes. in any way, shape, or form. If you're mm-hmm. in entertainment, we did. We made a very conscious effort and choice to do this. Yes. And very rarely do you blow up right away. Mm-hmm. So there's many years that go by where you could not be a part of it. You can get out. When you finally do blow up and you have that following... You're expected. The bowl has tipped. There's no going back to the what the bowl was before. Yeah. The water's out now. So, yeah, you now have different expectations that never go away. Mm-hmm. Unless you can come out and say, I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to do any more work. Stop following. Like, you chastise yourself, you know, right. to get rid of your following. As long as you have that following, you have to live up to it, dude. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you asked and begged for it. Yeah. And then you finally got it. It's almost like a star athlete. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many people who would fight so hard to be in that position. Yeah. That it's super, super rude if you're mm-hmm. in that position and you squander it. Yeah. There's well, so many people who would do anything to be there. Exactly. And there's this very weird thing that happens, too, where your name, when you, when you leave, the, when you reach that level of infamy, there's your name now becomes a title, you know, and, and you are expected to meet up to the expectations that that title, you know, uh, I don't know the way to word this, but perfect example is like Adam Sandler, right? You know, or a lot of actors, you know, Mm -hmm. their first and last names become their title. It's weird to just meet Adam Sandler and just be like, oh, hey, Adam. Or or like I sometimes like forget that he has the same name that I do because to me, he's not Adam. To me, his whole name is just Adam Sandler. That is his name. Like Michael Jackson. You would never say, hey, Michael. It's well, it's Michael Jackson. Exactly. Yes. You know, so when you reach that kind of level where your name has now become a title, it's like, yeah, there's there's things that come with that, you know? Yeah, man. It's And I understand it's rough. I can definitely mm-hmm. put myself there, and I don't know that I wouldn't have a bad day here right. and there myself, you know? But, but to say that you're just like, I'm just a person. It's like, yeah, you're just a person, but you're also Will Ferrell. You're also Adam Sandler. You're also Daniel Radcliffe. What also know? bothers me is the concept, and maybe I just don't understand it, mm-hmm. okay? But the concept of charging for a signature, yeah. when someone is already wealthy and influential, it's just a little bit of like a slap in the face to my fandom mm-hmm. if, when you charge me to get your signature. Yeah. I came up, I brought, I took time out of my day to have my entire day revolve around you. Mm-hmm. Okay, literally I'm at an event that is for you. I'm coming up to me. I waited in line. I'm inspired. I'm awestruck by you. Like this whole moment revolves around you. This yes. is what you wanted your whole life and I'm giving it to you and you're going to charge me for it? Yeah. I don't understand that. That bothers me. I had an instance like that where my my friend and I, a close friend of mine, are really into the show Supernatural, oh, right? Yeah. 
uh, more so him than I. But he sent me a link once, and I believe it was like Phoenix Comic Con a few years back. Oh, okay, but yeah, yeah. the two main characters who play Sam and Dean in the show were supposed to make an appearance at this Comic Con. Oh, so they're probably super stoked. Yeah. So, and they were going to do, you know, autographs and you could take pictures with them and all of that. So he sent yeah. me this link and was like, oh, I want to go do that. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's go do that. Let's meet them. Let's, you know, have a good time. And he then, I, it was like an hour later, he texted me again. And he was like, uh, never mind. They charge like $200 to get a fucking picture taken with them. And that was something that I was like, that really bothered him and I. Cause it's like, you're, it, it'd be one thing if it's you and I at like a video con or something like that. Right. And right. we're charging for autographs and stuff. Cause we're still kind of in the early stages of everything. And you and I probably wouldn't charge $200 either, right, you know, right. but it's like, but when you're at a point where your show is like 10 to 15 seasons in, it has such a strong following. You you're make millions upon millions every year just from being on the show alone. And that's not talking about marketing or toys or any of that stuff. And then you go the extra mile to charge fans $200 to take a fucking selfie with you. Fuck you, man. It's it, it's totally the concept. Yeah. Now, where I can understand it. So from a moral standpoint, I don't get it at all. And I think uh-huh. it's wrong morally. Okay. But financially, uh-huh. from a business person standpoint. Mm-hmm. So we're taking feelings out of this now. Right. There's no place for feelings in business. Okay. Uh-huh. By charging for their autograph... They are adding value to their name, mm-hmm. to their autograph, to their symbol, their brand, if mm-hmm. you will. So there is a this concept of autographs are valuable. You can take a famous person's autograph and you can sell that to mm-hmm. another fan of the famous person for money. Right. You know, and the more famous, the more money it costs. That's pretty common. That's been going on for like ever. Yeah. Right. So by these millionaire actors charging this $200 for a picture or a signature, it they don't care about making any money mm-hmm. off of that. What they care about is the value increase to their brand. Yeah. Because now the base signature is worth $200. Mm-hmm. So when someone goes to eBay to sell it, they want to at least double their money, right? Mm-hmm. So four or $500. The higher you can charge, the more that you become worth. Mm, so I can kind of see why they're doing it right but like morally like i said i still think that it hurts their brand more than helps it overall yeah well and i do agree with you but the 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 thing that bothers me is it's like if that's the way that you want to treat that kind of stuff then you have to do that all the time all the way right. around. So right. if you're going to go to a con and charge people to get a photo with you because of just what you said, well, then when you're out on the street and somebody asks to take a selfie with you, you better fucking tell them no. Right. You know, exactly. but you won't. You'll take selfies with people on the street who just randomly. And that's, the, I think, the thing, again, it goes back to principle. Principle matters to me a principle lot. Principle matters a lot to you. And you you're know, making a good point here, actually. But it's like, if, I, if you're walking down the street, if you're at a supermarket and you are super famous mm-hmm. and you're just literally living your life, you're buying some fucking cantaloupe to eat that night, right? And then somebody approaches you within that supermarket, bothers you while you're living just your regular life and Mm -hmm. asks for a selfie and an autograph, more times than not, the celebrities will do it. More times than not, I would. And this is somebody who... 
just I said, like bothered you while you were doing your regular day to day stuff. But now you're going to a place that's literally meant to meet the celebrities, to get the autographs, to get the pictures. And you're going to charge people to do that, but you're not going to charge the person who just rudely came up to you and said, hey, take a picture with me. Yeah. 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 That's what bothers me a lot about it. It's like you're punishing the people who are being patient and kind and waiting and then rewarding the people who just bombard you. Well, and the amount of resources it takes just to get to the position where you're in front of that person. Mm -hmm. A lot of people had to fly to that city from where they live to get to the convention. There's money right there. Then they had to get a hotel. They got to eat each day. Mm -hmm. They got – I mean a lot of these people are spending hundreds or more of dollars just to get to you. Right. And then they finally get through all these hurdles. They run the marathon and they're at the finish line. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell them – you got to pay one more time to cross the finish line. <sighs> yeah. That's where the fuck you comes in. Yeah. You know, I mean, for Sounds you, like Scientology to me. <laughs> someone, someone picked you up in front of your yeah. mansion, drove you here. You didn't do anything to get here. Mm-hmm. You put zero effort into actually arriving at this building. Yeah. Okay. You put a lot of effort into your career. I'm not saying that. But getting there, nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas us, we have to go out on a limb as normal people. Yeah. Take a few days off of work, spend all this money. I think that sometimes the famous person loses touch of that, of of how much sacrifice it takes to have a day that revolves around, Mm -hmm. you know, Jim Carrey or whoever. You know, I came to your convention because I fucking love you, dude. You're Mm -hmm. awesome. So don't. Don't spit in my face by saying that's uh, 40, 40 bucks right at the end for a signature. Yeah. Well, and Ugh. and the, of course uh, I'm going to do it. I came all this way. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, then and, and something to be a, and it goes back to of why I think it's also expected for if you are reached that kind of celebrity level to be always very nice and kind to your fans because the, you people don't I think celebrities lose touch sometimes that you have fans out there to where you know to to you they're just another fan but to them you're their fucking world you know oh, yeah, I man. I have had friends before and people I have met in the past who have literally. Uh, bl- attributed like a TV show they really like as to the reason why they didn't kill themselves I mean, or what helped them get out of their hard times yeah, or dude. whatever it is. So now you have this especially emotional, musicians. Yes, I'd say especially musicians. Especially musicians. So now you have this fan that has an extreme emotional attachment to this show or group or celebrity that maybe other fans do not harbor. Yeah. And they go and meet you and you're a fucking dick to them just because you're having an off day. Too fucking bad you're an actor. You're an actor. (laughs) And you know, if you arrive on set and you're having a bad day, your fucking director doesn't give a shit. Yeah. The director says you better look amazing. Exactly. Because your character is not having a bad day. Mm -hmm. So when you're at the convention, pretend like you're on set. You're in character for that time. You're acting. Yeah, you know and then I mean? fucking, you know, do what you do at your regular jobs. You know, a regular job, you go to work, you do what you got to do, and then you talk shit about it when you get home, you know? <laughs> just the do best like thing that. <laughs> is to truly just enjoy what you're doing and and want to give out those autographs. Yeah. Or, 
I mean, every famous person had a time in their life where they weren't famous. Mm -hmm. And they would have done anything to stand there for 12 hours and give out autographs. Right. Me and you, I mean, right now, you tell me I can go to a convention and there's 300 people who want my autograph. Fuck yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to sign every one of those and speak a few sentences to each one of those people. Yes. Thank them. And then keep going back, go home and keep doing what I was doing before. Yes. Keep working. Like, just don't forget where you came from, man. Yeah. You know? It's simple as it that. It bothers people when you forget where you came from. Yeah, exactly. You lose touch, you know? And people, and once people can't relate to you anymore, well, you've lost your, you lost your fan base now. Have you ever had someone ask for your autograph, Adam? In any <laughs> of your endeavors in life? No. No? Uh, I have not had that. Although I did have one time... My, now, nobody asked for an autograph. This is just a funny story. Oh, sure. Whereas, because of how much I look like James Franco, yeah, I was in L.A. on Hollywood Boulevard once, and I was with my brother, and we were walking down, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I kept walking, and I noticed my brother wasn't next to me anymore, and I was, you know, and I looked back, and my brother had stopped like ten paces behind me, and then I was like, you know, what are you doing? And then he goes. Oh my gosh, it's James Franco! And just like... To you? To yeah, point at you? to me. Oh no. And you just saw all of these heads turn. Nobody like came up and approached me, but you definitely saw a couple eyes get wide because at first glance, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's James, James Franco. Franco. How yeah. funny. <laughs> That's awesome, So I basically dude. just grabbed my brother. I was like, come on, we're fucking going. You know, we're like... <laughs> can't take you anywhere. Yeah, dude. <laughs> But That's like, funny as hell. But no, never had anybody. Oh, you know what? So I actually have had that happen. But oh. I mean, it was it was a very like trivial stuff, right? So I'm sure. when I was in high school, we would I was in the drama program for a few years, and there was one of the years we put on like practice these little like one skit plays for kids. Because then we were going to go basically on tour to different elementary schools. Oh, that's cool. And perform these plays, right? Okay. So, I mean, we did small things like Snow White, Wizard of Oz, you know, just these little Wizard of Oz, just a little, just, just a little thing. You know, but we fit them into like these 10 minute, like 15 minute skits, right? Okay. And, uh... And, you know, I'm a very goofy, outlandish person, so kids love to watch that stuff on stage. So the the closest I got was just little kids asking for an autograph, you know, after I was, like, done performing these. You know, which felt good, but, you know, just kids and a high school student. So I was actually the star of a book signing once. Were you really? I was, actually. I was the person who was signing the books. Um, not not quite what you're expecting the story to be. Okay, so I'm not sure what I'm expecting. In high school, um, I don't remember if it was my junior or senior year, one of the last years of high school. Everybody gets a yearbook, right? Uh huh. Well, everyone signs each other's yearbook, right? Mine was. It was I'm not talking about like walking around signing people's yearbooks. I'm talking about at lunch each day for like four days. Uh huh. I had a table and I set up my entire table and I was ready to go. And people literally, the other kids, literally stood in line to get their yearbook signed by me. You build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was I was relatively well-known. I was pretty popular in high school. Right. So, I mean, 
it would have been a case where walking through the halls, I would have signed all those yearbooks anyway. Right. You know I mean? But I just made a show out of it. Uh huh. And, and of course, ate that up. well, especially in high school, people have nothing but time <laughs> and energy to spend on things. Right. So when they see people doing that, like getting in line for it, they'll just get up, even if they don't know you, and they want to be a part of it. Right. And they want to record it, and they want to, you know, make jokes and laugh and. Some kids want to come and just make a mess out of it, just to yeah. fuck it up and knock your sandcastle over. And so, yeah, you get this whole array of quote unquote fans uh-huh. who are not even there for you. Right. They're just there for the situation. Uh-huh. But it makes you look really cool. There was, uh, there was, <laughs> on those lines, there was a. There was there was some docu like show out that was like some docu series out that was called like Brain Games or Mind Games or something like that. I feel like but, I maybe remember this a little bit. Yeah, it was on Netflix I think for a little bit. I don't know if it's still on there. But anyways, one of the things one of the episodes was about like trends, how trends start, right? Okay. And they were showing a few examples of this. So one example they were showing was just some it was like outside in a uh like grass field, there was music playing. I think everybody was waiting for a concert or something like that. But there was just random music playing. Somebody was videotaping just this one kid, like in the distance, <laughs> that was just going ham and dancing. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's just one kid. Of course. You know? And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody else came over and started dancing with him, you know, uh-huh. obnoxiously. And then before you knew it, there was like 30 people around in this area oh, just yeah. dancing obnoxiously. Um, and then they would, uh, so then they would do like social experiments, right, to test kind of this theory of like how trends start, or not uh, test, but demonstrate. And one of them they showed, and this was actually something me and friends at the high school used to do, where there'd be like three or four of you, right? And what you do is you just like go into a public place and then you stop and then you all just look up. And you all just look up. And kind of start pointing. Yeah, kind of start pointing, kind of start like muttering to each other like (laughs) random shit. And then all of a sudden you'll see like other people will walk by and they'll stop there and they'll look up and they'll try to see what you're seeing. And And then all of a sudden somebody else comes. Now they're looking up and seeing And then do random people start pointing like they actually see something? I don't know if people start pointing. I bet they will. Yeah, but if you get enough, because I'm sure at that point they're trying to point out like, I think they're looking at that. Because that's manipulation. Literally people will find something in anything. Yes. So if you tell them there's something on that wall, you can't see it. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? You can't see it. Eventually if you push it enough and you say the right words, that person will go, oh, I see it. I see the mm-hmm. thing on the wall, even though you know there's nothing on that wall. We They've actually, that has happened in, uh, there was, I don't know exactly what it, you would call it, but there was a famous case that I want to say happened back in the 80s in New York. And it happened in Central Park. And there was this young lady who was walking through Central Park and she was uh, she was attacked and gang raped by like oh like four to five men. Whoa! Right, that's not good at all. So, Shit. but what the story is is they ended up arresting these five uh, young black kids. Right? right now, I don't know. I don't know how they were able to somehow tie the, these five young black kids to this incident, but they, they, but they did, but they arrested five young That's black the kids. Jobs right. To do that. Yeah. And these, these five, uh, these five young men, kept saying over and over again, like, no, we did not do anything. We we did not rape this woman. We do not know this woman. We weren't in the park. All of this. But they kept them for, I want to say, like two weeks. Mm-hmm. 
and just kept grilling them and interrogating them and yeah. saying, no, you did it. No, you did. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. And it got to a point to where they were telling them they did it so much and they kept them in this in this jail for so long. Yeah. They all just admitted to doing it. Yeah, bro. It's a real <laughs> psychological thing. Vsauce yeah. actually does a whole episode about this. Mm-hmm. I think we watched it together. I think we did too. Um, where he set up an experiment. Uh, Vsauce is another fantastic YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If you're into like little learning things for 10 to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. fantastic. Check it Great. out. Great, yeah. Anyway, he does one mm-hmm. where... He sets up an experiment in that he tells people to to volunteer for um, a research and development project. So they're supposed That's to be taking they're this. supposed to be taking uh-huh. a test to help develop some kind of product. Okay, and they're they're taking a written test about it. And there's two people in the room at a time, and basically they do not cheat. But he comes out and accuses and says cheating happened mm-hmm. on this test. That's totally fake. Um, and of course, the people who are part of the test say, "No, I didn't cheat. No, I didn't cheat." And his name's Michael, right? Yes. Michael from Vsauce, who doesn't really have very much experience being a psychologist or any kind of master manipulator. Mm-hmm. He's just a regular, intelligent guy. He alone was actually able, after two or three people practicing, to get one of the contestants to admit to cheating. Mm-hmm. And to sign their name on a piece of paper in ink saying that, yes, I did cheat. Yep. Um, even though that person, the person actually started like breaking down and crying when he mm-hmm. left the room because they were like, I didn't cheat. I didn't. But now you've signed a piece of paper saying you did. Yep. So if that's a court case, you just signed away to a felony. You yep. could be doing 25 years now mm-hmm. and you know you didn't do it. One well, another thing they mentioned on that same episode, I believe, was they were showing clips from actual interrogations from yes. people who broke laws. And one thing they the this lady, this expert, was telling everybody, if you find yourself in this situation, is do not say anything under any circumstances, period. Just don't talk. You know, they're gonna try to tell you that you have to. You don't. But you just don't talk. You actually, you literally have the constitutional right. To stay to silent. To not talk. Yep. And there's only like, what, 12 or so things you have a right mm-hmm. about? Like l- having a right is a big deal, guys. Yeah. They cannot take that from you. Then all of a sudden- You don't have to incriminate yourself. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're watching, because they showed several clips, and you see all of these officers of different uh, different colors, different genders, all using the same techniques to get you, these- uh, You remember the technique that she did with the um, where she gave him the IV? No, remember. Of the medicine. So basically, oh, this was oh, the a, like truth serum the stuff. Truth right? serums. So yeah. this was a professional interrogator. Yeah. She spent her whole career working for a police department. I don't know which one, working for a police department and interrogating people. Mm-hmm. She was a master at this. And she actually was explaining that they will approach you in such a way and have you sign these papers and say, look, not quote unquote, but they'll say something along the lines of, if you just Go through this test. Okay, there's this test. It's called xenophilophobia. Okay, <laughs> right. and you have no idea what that means. But this particular test, it'll only take a few minutes, and when it's done, we'll let you go. Okay, mm-hmm. it'll be easy to see you didn't do anything wrong. No problem. Okay, trust me. So you sign this piece of paper. Now, once you've signed it, you you're obligated to take this test. They have mm-hmm. all the rights they want over you right. to take this test, and they literally put you in a fucking chair and they give you an IV and. In this IV is like a sedative, mm-hmm. but it doesn't knock you out completely. 
and this sedative, they will start to interrogate and talk to you, and you'll start to feel drowsy and happy and sleepy. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you are admitting to and saying pretty much anything this person wants you to say. You are jelly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's something they they actively practice in in police station. I think if you what, consent to it, they well, because what I think what they were just demonstrating is that this they were just trying to show this is what truth serum, you know, quote unquote truth serum is. But, right. But at one point they asked because they they were trying to get Michael from Vsauce. They told him like he's going to say like a couple of like absolute lies that she was going to ask him about. And they wanted to see it that if he, he could wasn't supposed to admit sway, he had a sister, yeah, not and he wasn't to supposed to admit that he had a show called Vsauce. Yes, and eventually it got to a point where they put so much in him to where she asked him at one point because uh, he has a YouTube Red show now yes. uh, with Vsauce, and she asked him, "Do you prefer to do the Vsauce Red show?" Or do you prefer to do the YouTube channel? Now, mind you, this is on the Red Show, right? And he's literally there, drowsy, and goes, goes. Oh, I I like doing the YouTube videos better. I have more freedom. I have to listen to stupid producers when I do the Red Show and shit. Yeah. Like just openly, like and keep in fuck mind, this guys, show. <laughs> this is a person. Michael willingly went into this test, mm-hmm. so he knew what to expect, and he knew what he needed to not say. Mm-hmm. So he was trying with all of his might and all of his willpower to not do these things. Yes. He had every opportunity to succeed and still he failed. He mm-hmm. still admitted to something he didn't want to admit yep. to. So imagine not understanding what is going on, not introducing yourself to any of these people first. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're nice, if they're mean, who they are on the outside. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're putting in your arm or where you are. Imagine how hard that would be yes. to, to keep consistent and not say something you didn't mean to say. Yes. And if you accidentally say the wrong word once, you just admitted to doing that. Yeah. Now it goes down in history that you did it. <sighs> yeah, fuck? it is fucked up. It is super fucked, fucked up. up. It makes you think how many people are actually wrongfully in jail, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm well, sure that there's more people in jail who are supposed to be there. Okay. Yes, yes, but, yes. But it's, it's just the fact that, dude. like, police officers, for example, because one of the things this woman made mention was when, when you're arrested for allegedly committing a crime and they put you in this interrogation room, their job is is not to find out whether or not you did it. Their job is to get a confession from you, yes. period. Yes. They don't care if you've done it or not. Only they just need a, a confession. confession. They don't ever want you to be found innocent of something. Mm-hmm. They're not there to help you. They're there sad. to attack you, you know, and how in sad. every single case, which is sad. It is. You know, when police officers are supposed to be there to serve and protect, not, you know, serve and not ruin lives dude ruin your they're life not supposed to ruin yeah. lives they're supposed to help your life um so, you know it's interesting that to be a police officer you don't have to have any kind of law degree yeah you do I, not have uh, to study the law that you uphold at all you don't even need a college degree i i don't even think you need a high school diploma i think you can literally as long as you get through the police academy training well, it would be it would just it's just a city government job right you work for the for the city that you live in that's but and that's yeah that's wrong. um a lawyer knows a lot more about the law than a police officer does mm-hmm. and the police officer is the guy in charge of putting you 
behind bars or not. Yeah. They actually put the handcuffs on you and take you to jail. Yes. And when you have these cops, these people putting on a cop's uniform and they're, they only have a high school degree and maybe they were the egocentric dick in high school and now you've just get you know maybe they were the bully in high school and now you've given that man a fucking uniform and power over people and And it only takes a few to taint the name of everyone i do truly believe okay that most police officers Mm -hmm. even nine out of ten of them even in our own community okay Mm -hmm. that they do want to be out there yes i mean why would you go out and literally put your life on the line Mm -hmm. every day for Less than a hundred thousand dollars for right. what 40, 50 grand a year, right? When you have a family, you have kids, like every shift could literally be your last shift. You yeah. could get shot in the head any day, dude. Mm-hmm. So, why would you do that if you didn't truly care about something about in the community most of the time, right? I think most of them are like teachers, mm-hmm. they want to help, but there's the one percent of teachers who they couldn't do, so they're teaching. Yeah. And they're bitter about that. Mm-hmm. There's the 1% of police officers who were picked on, who are now using their power incorrectly. Right. And that, that 1% can is easily seen compared to the 99% of very good ones. Yes, I agree. You know what I mean? But I, I think it's also, in the case of police officers, it's up for the 9 out of 10 good ones, mm-hmm. you know, to instead of... I think instead of preaching out like not all cops are bad guys, like stop this. I think what instead they need to do is stop trying to convince the people that all cops are good and go out there and actively protest these officers that are doing fucked up shit and getting off for it. Yeah. You know, like don't, don't get mad at the people for thinking something, get mad at the people who are causing people to think that way. Well, I don't think you see enough of that. I think that also they try to have this concept of police officers are just people Mm -hmm. and people make mistakes. So Mm -hmm. police make mistakes. Right. Right. Oops. What an accident. Except a police officer's career is one of the only careers in our society that your actions directly affect the person you are engaging with. Yes. It affects their life for the rest of their life. Yes. They can never undo the situation that you are putting them into as a police officer. So with great power comes great responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? Spider-Man said it. (laughs) True. So if you are the only person in society who can escalate violence, if someone brings a knife out, a police officer can bring a gun out. Yes. They're the only ones who are allowed to escalate, to use more violence to stop violence. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, They're the only ones who can put someone under arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have certain things that they are the only ones in society who are allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're under a fucking magnifying glass, and I'm not sorry. Yes. I'm not sorry at all, and I don't feel bad that you are scrutinized more than everyone else. Yeah, Because if you don't like it, don't fucking be a police officer. I only want the elitist, best of the best most well-controlled human mm-hmm. beings to be police officers. Exactly. Well, Absolutely. And plus, if you're complaining because you did something that was maybe, you know, 
questionable and you're being scrutinized for it. Well, the only reason you're worried about being scrutinized is because you know you did something wrong. Yeah, exactly. If you truly believe that you are 100% in the right, then you're not going to care if you're scrutinized because Mm. you're going to know you're in the right. But when you hear these stories about somebody crawling on the ground towards officers with no gun, injured, no weapon, and the cops open fire on them and shoot them five times and kill them, and then they sit there and go, well, I was just doing my job. Fuck you. Somebody died and we have a video. And now you are responsible for your choices. Yes. Yes. 100%, dude. If if a member of the military shoots a civilian Mm -hmm. in the middle of a gunfight, they don't throw them in handcuffs right away. Okay. They make sure everyone's alive. They finish the gunfight. That's Mm -hmm. all done. But if there's video recording of a civilian getting shot by Sergeant X, Mm -hmm. they will court-martial Sergeant X after the battle. Right. They'll say, you're now under arrest, you've broken the rules of engagement, and you need to justify what you did. You Mm -hmm. need to prove to us that the reason you did that was saved lives, basically. Okay? Same fucking thing for a police officer, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Your job entails taking lives sometimes— so when you do choose to take that route, you got to fucking justify it, dude. Yes. Prove to us that lives were saved by taking this life. And I think that's why so many people get pissed off because so often you see like the chief officer will just look into the situation and go, oh, no, that's good. He's good. Well, of and course, there's because like there's no, a brotherhood mentality. Right. And then there's no you know, repercussions for the actions at that if point. If someone sued you tomorrow mm-hmm. for saying, um, I've already used the name Hardly Millennial. Right. You know, so I'm suing Adam. Mm-hmm. But they say, Matthew, you're going to be the judge for the whole case. Right. I'm going to go, mm, well, Adam didn't do anything wrong. Right. <laughs> case <laughs> exactly. closed. Bye. Let's, let's move on. Mm-hmm. So that's literally the situation you're putting it in when you have – the the boss, the sergeant, or be in charge of scrutinizing his own police officers. Yes. He's obviously going to say, well, nothing bad happened here. Let's move on. Uh-huh. It, uh, <sighs> it's just hard. I've always had a theory. Okay, I actually, I'm not just complaining here. I have an idea of how it could possibly be fixed. Okay. So my idea is to have cycles, to cycle out police officers. Okay. So basically... Make it almost be like a jury of your peers kind of deal. So mm-hmm. for maybe one month out of the year, uh, you will get summoned to police officer duty. So you have to go out and you become a police officer. Okay. When that month is over, that certain amount of time is over, you go back to doing your regular thing. Now, this would be handled with your other job because everyone has a normal job. I'm a barista and mm-hmm. I get summoned for police officer duty. So I right. have to tell my job I need a month off. Okay. It would be dealt just like jury duty. If there's a case you get chosen for and it's a month-long case, you would deal with it exactly the same. You're compensated by the state. Um, your job is not allowed to discriminate on that situation and fire you, mm-hmm. okay? And, and you're compensated. So for that month, your focus would be being a police officer for your community. When you're done, you go back to your normal life, and you don't get chosen again until the rest of the community has had a turn. So you really don't have to worry about getting chosen pretty much ever again. Right. Now, what this would do is it would put a little piece of the responsibility on every single person because we all get a turn doing this job. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're disabled or unable to be a police officer, you can still help out the the judicial system somehow for Mm -hmm. that month. 
Okay, there's no reason why everyone cannot be a part of this plan. Okay. Um, what it also keeps from happening is empires being built from police officers working in the same jurisdiction for 20 or 30 years mm -hmm. and getting to know and getting to build bias on certain places and certain people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it would also create kind of this mentality of when I deal with a police officer, if I get pulled over, I should probably be a little nicer to him because a day will come where I'm going to have to do this. And I, I, I don't know. I just think it would turn into a lot less of them and us. So I think the sentiment of that plan is very nice, but I just don't think it would work because, for one, there's training that is required to become a police officer. You know, may, maybe they didn't go to the police, don't go to law school, but they still right. know a little more than your average Joe. Mm. So now you're talking about th that is totally true. Come on. I don't if, know. If, if somebody, anything, the if training some, is physical. If some, but if somebody pulls you over for a traffic violation yeah. and you have a regular Joe who like messed something up or like d d doesn't know the law ins and outs of the law you know and is pulling you over now giving you a ticket for something that's actually totally legal like i don't want to put what i have to pay later on in the hands of matthew in case matthew didn't do his research correctly whereas somebody who's a police officer has been is more experienced in doing this plus if you do find your, yourself in a situation where you're in a gunfight and I'm a police officer that does this for a living and has been doing this for a year. And now the person I have with me is you with zero training. I don't want you next to me. I want somebody else who has full training next to me to deal with this situation. I get what you're saying. Uh-huh. I understand. I think you're putting a little too much faith in the police officer system. I don't think you're putting enough. I think you're assuming that all officers have years and years of experience. And there's plenty of new officers who start out. And day one through day 30, I don't think those officers have any fucking clue what they're doing. I don't think they have any more knowledge of the law than a community college graduate. Well, sure they do. They 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 don't just they don't just do physical tests when you go through this police academy business. They go through a lot of different things. They don't just say, "Okay, you're going to run obstacle courses for the next six months." That's all I've ever seen. Officer. I don't. I don't know what the police officer written test looks like. Well, but I don't know what kind of education you would need to pass that test. I don't know, Adam, that I couldn't go down tomorrow right. and pass the written police officer test. I, I right. I'm pretty confident that I probably could, and I certainly have never put any amount of effort into researching the laws. Well, but I know not to run a red light. I know uh -huh. that speeding is wrong. Okay. I know that you can't touch anyone. Like there's basics that right. everyone knows is wrong. Okay. I think there's lots of police officers who just run off of those for their whole career. Okay. Well, now put yourself in this situation where maybe you have a you have a mother who lives alone with her one child, and she get and she calls nine one one because somebody broke into the house and is holding her and her son at gunpoint, mm -hmm. and then. You show up, you the volunteer police, you know, show or the the one month a year police show up to deal with the situation and they something happens where the the perp takes the kid and starts running and you have to run after that kid. 
How do you think the mother's right. going to feel knowing, oh, one of the volunteers, I got one of the volunteers so, to chase after him? I understand that too. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that if you are in a situation where there is gunpoint or hostages involved, uh-huh. every instance I've ever seen or encountered on uh-huh. television or games or anything like that, mm-hmm. that's always a different team that gets brought in for that. They would never send regular squad cars with regular patrol officers with a sidearm to a hostage situation. Mm-hmm. They send the SWAT team. They have a professional team of individuals who their job is to break down doors, go into houses, mm-hmm. seize things room by room. Um, so you would still have that for right. the highly dangerous engaging situations. You would mm-hmm. still have the SWAT team. You would still have armored vehicles with arms that can pull down entire walls. Uh-huh. You would still have tear gas, snipers, all that shit. Right. But what I'm talking about is for your 85% of daily life, day-to-day traffic stops, patrol officers hmm. cycle those fuckers out i don't know i i think i think you're i think there's a lot of changes that may be done within <laughs> police but i do i do not want somebody who no. one month out of every three years fucking does a police ah, i think they do a better job man. It. no i do not i i want to disagree with you i think you're not putting enough faith into the Dude, police officers imagine if someone told you you had to be a police officer for the next month You'd be like, I better figure out what the fuck to do. Well, maybe me, but I'm not going to put that much faith in everybody else to do Why? the same thing. You're no thing. different than anyone else. You're just a regular person. I'm sure a lot I'm of people I'm vastly think different that way. than everybody else. Just as you're vastly different from everybody else. Not everybody's going to say, oh, I have to be a police officer for the next month. I better fucking start writing an essay on how to do it correctly and make sure I know my shit. You don't think most people would want no. to, to do it correctly? Absolutely not. Most people are not going to care. They're going to, just like how most people don't want to do jury duty, but they fucking do it begrudgingly. And I guarantee there's a lot of people who sit on that jury who are maybe on the fence about the situation, but because 10 people say, no, he's probably guilty, they're going, going, oh, well, I think he's innocent, but I'll write down guilty because I just don't want to do this anymore. Right. I'm sure that happens. And I'm sure that you sure. get the same thing. <sighs> but you certainly don't have any jurors who have been doing it for 30 years and know all the judges. And I think and you're right. You don't have these empires that build in the jury community. And there's still problems with jury duty that we've discussed multiple times. And we still don't like the way that it's done. So why on earth would it's we true. want our police officers run the same way? Now you're talking about adding physical activity and they have the power to put you in jail? To convict yeah. Oh, you. yeah, they would still have all the power that police officers have. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're police officers. I don't want that from some random Joe. I don't know. I, I might I might be okay with being part of that social experiment. Uh, well, I, I I wish you luck. <laughs> I, I Interesting, think, I think it's down a horrible path, and I think you're. I think the second you'd get pulled over by a volunteer so doesn't how know do what we the fuck it? they're doing. So how do we well, fix I don't the police know. system? I don't know. What, I, I does think, it take more education? Do you I, need to educate the officers I think, more? I think that's a good place to start. I think more education is a good place, to start, good place right? to start. I think same thing with uh, like teachers, for example, right? Uh, you know, teachers and police officers are just as we mentioned two jobs where it's like usually if you do it, you do it because you want to do it, right? Usually, you're not doing it for the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. in Finland, for example, Finland, I believe, is number one in education in the world. Right? I totally believe they it. have the number yeah. one education system. But one difference with them is their teachers 
are revered just as highly and paid just as highly as like a doctor and a lawyer are. So they, they truly value their teachers there and what they do because they are shaping and molding young minds. So I think when it comes to things like that, that holds such an importance, those are things that we need to be putting money in and saying, we need to pay you a lot for this, or we need to make sure we give you extra training for this. I believe also the reason why they're revered like that in Finland is because uh, much like uh, becoming a doctor or a lawyer, I think you need a minimum of a master's degree, and that's to teach anything. Oh, that a sounds master's amazing. Degree that in sounds education. great. Yeah, because absolutely. your job is to instill knowledge upon others. Right. So I would love for you to have a master's amount of knowledge. Exactly. Yes, that sounds lovely. So I think that's the same thing when it comes to like police officers. Don't make it a better, a very high-paying job, but also make it something that's a little more difficult to get involved in. You know, you I know? could get behind something like that. And that's what I think. I think needs that, to be done. and that, um. That key, I'm, I'm I'm missing the word I'm trying to fix, find here, but basically you don't have to change the system mm-hmm. at that point. You can keep the system exactly how it is now, mm-hmm. but you're refining the already made system. You're yes. saying we're going to require more knowledge mm-hmm. and more effort out of you guys to keep doing this job, but we're going to compensate you much more for doing it. Yes, um, exactly. But nothing as far as how the system actually runs and works changes. Mm-hmm. It, it still runs the same. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think that it maybe would have, at least in the short term, it would get police officers to have a little more pride in what they're doing, to mm-hmm. feel more um, more appreciated, I guess. Yeah. If you will. Well, and the um, thing is, it, it, will, it will just happen naturally. Because if we find ourselves in a society where we truly trust and feel that our police officers are doing right by us, well, that respect's going to go right back to them, and they're going to feed that respect back to us. So my only worry mm-hmm. in a system that would work exactly like that would be um, elitism running wild. So basically it would be... So you're giving this person too much compared to everyone else. So okay. now you're saying you have a job where you're allowed to do things other people are not allowed to do. Uh-huh. You have a job where you have control over others. If you tell them to do something, they have to do it mm-hmm. uh, within reason. <laughs> and you have a job where you can change people's lives. Right. Okay. For good, but more so for the worse. You can put them, you can remove them from society. So right. you have a lot of power over mm-hmm. people. Now you're taking this powerful position and you're only giving it to above intelligent people because mm-hmm. there would be a lot more schooling needed right, right. in this situation to be a police officer. Correct. So now you have an above intelligence human being with a highly influential job uh-huh. and the sprinkling on the cake is you're going to pay them more mm-hmm. than 70 or 80% of society makes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm smarter than everyone else, literally. Mm-hmm. I have a more powerful position than everyone else, literally, mm-hmm. and I'm being compensated, paid more than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Why would you not start to think that you are better than everyone? 
Well, the way that I would fix that then is instead of like maybe giving the police officers or anybody within that kind of like type of job, like a substantial, you know, like six figure pay raise, I would say you you give them more of a pay raise than what they're making now. And what you do is you offer an incentive, right? So if you go so many months without having complaints or having any issues, well, then you get a bonus or you get a bump or, and then if you do have issues, that goes down and the cream if you go kind of rises to the top yeah there. so but you make yeah. those incentives about not about how many arrests you make about right. you know do you do you get comp do you have people call in and say you know i i dealt with the so-and-so officer or this person did this for me or da, da. and those are the kind of incentives you leave right now and this happens with a lot of things this goes back to the interrogation stuff the incentives that are offered to police officers are okay how many arrest did you make yeah it's the negative when you're given yeah or did you get a confession we don't want to know if they're innocent we want to know if you got a confession so when you do those kind of things well now it's not about is this person really endangering other people on the freeway by going five miles over the speed limit probably not not. but i got that quota i have to make exactly and that's i totally agree so i think if you may bump up the pay raise bump up the education and bump up the incentives but I agree. And there has to be a balance of all three. I was just, you used the perfect word. I was gonna say, <laughs> it really, it's all about balance, yeah. isn't it? And it I'm sure is. if we cared enough as a society, we can use our heads together and we can come up with some kind of balance. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the, I'm sure we could do it. Something bigger has to happen to make the police stuff a bigger issue. Right now we're focused on, you know, abortion and, and Trump. <laughs> just, I mean, we are kind of running out of time here. Just to cap it off, guys, I don't want anyone out there to think that either me or Adam um, have any kind of negative connotation towards the police. No, not We at all. fully understand that they put their lives on the line for us and they don't even know us. Mm-hmm. Um Police are an essential part to society, mm-hmm. and I appreciate what they do, and I appreciate them doing it. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't have the rights to have opinions about the whole thing. <laughs> yes, of course. So, but don't don't get anything twisted. I do definitely um, admire those yeah. people who do that. And on a last note on that, too, I would say – You know, I was raised to always be nice, polite and truthful to any officer that I come across with, whether they're pulling me over or whatever it is. And, you know, I've I've nine out of 10 times, you know, come out, come out on top from it or, you know, because of because they really do appreciate when they get somebody who just isn't an outright dick to them right away. They have a rough job. If you want to be one of the hardest jobs. Yeah. If you want to be a dick to them because it's your quote unquote right to be a dick to them. Well, well, fine. Then expect to get a ticket. Yeah. Exactly. Simple as if that. If you're a dick, they're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are at time here today. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Remember, we do have a Patreon now, www.patreon.com forward slash Hardly millennial, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Remember, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. We also have two introductory vlog videos for both my and Matthew's personal vlogs. We still have the second update you can look at. And check out yesterday's podcast and see why everybody likes it so much. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let us know about that, guys. Yeah. So any final thoughts, Matthew? Uh, Keep an eye out for those vlogs, guys. I'll give you a little sneak peek. Zucchini's going to be the first plant. (gasps) Ooh. All right, guys. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.